to Next in the Queue. This is my very first episode, so I'm really excited to be starting this project. Basically, Next in the Queue is a podcast that connects you with musicians and like industry folk, and we just sit down and have conversations about what got them into the industry and what got them making music, being a part of making music and what they have coming up. Yeah, and then the <laughs> second part of this is uh, having them produce a little playlist that has a theme and we get to talk about it, so it's cool. So my very first guest, I have James with me. Hello, thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm looking at the mic as if it's a camera. <laughs> um, so yeah, do you want to give us a little introduction um, for those of us that aren't familiar with sure. who you might be? Um, yeah, my name is James. Uh, I've been making music since I was seven or eight, and I'm starting a new project very soon. It's called DBA James. It means doing business as James. No, yeah, I saw that trade name. Yeah, which is, yeah, you know what I'm doing. And um, I spent a lot of time the past couple years writing as much as I could um, throughout the pandemic and um, a little bit after as well. I mean, I guess it's never gonna be after, but um, I'm, in New York and hanging out, getting ready to put this out. So I'm excited. It's been it's been a it's been a long. It's been like two years. I think I've been like really writing and just nose to the grindstone and like having fun and yeah. So you've been interested in music since you were like seven or eight. Like, where you come from a music family? Like, what got you into like wanting to make music in the first place? Um, yeah, my family isn't. Uh, explicitly musical but I, I I feel like I was really sensitive to um, the, like TV shows and like media of my time when I was a young child and I think there was just a lot of guitars on TV and there were like a lot of people doing that kind of like guitar based music thing um, in pop, so I, I got a lot of it as a kid, and I just like started doing it, kind of, just to out of like just to emulate the people that, that I saw on TV and listened to on the radio. And I think one thing in particular that got me started was that Disney movie Xenon, and she has a band, and they play a show, and I was just so amazed that these people could like play music in space and it could sound this good, and it's like so fun to watch. And after that, I. I had to keep 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 going. Keep exploring, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, I think like a lot of the shows that I mean, we're relatively the same age. Like in our youth kind of like we're heavily music influenced. Like mm-hmm. I'm not musically gifted, <laughs> but I remember with my sisters, like we all have team names. Like I was like, We're gonna start a band, it's gonna be called Triple T's. Yeah. Like it'll be fun, but like none of us can sing. <laughs> like, <Sure. laughs> I uh tried to play the guitar at one point but it didn't work out for me but uh yeah I think a lot of those influences kind of like help shape a generation like how does like the pop influence like your current project that you're putting out right now yeah um I think it's just like making things listenable to, to everybody you know it's like it's so basic um and I don't know I was I just remember being able to understand like Aaron Carter songs on the radio like they like really spoke to me as a child you know or like a Britney Spears song and listening to them now I've, I've realized that 
they do conjure a similar effect and I think that to me I've been really on this tip of like functional music you know music that can grow with a person for like a really long period of time and not necessarily be a hit at any point but like a part of somebody's immediate um like like list you know and I think those songs were something about them like they just like imprinted on me and I think pop music specifically and music written with the intention of of being remembered um is, is really powerful and I think I've been drawn to that you know and also too like the idea of like writing something that isn't meant to be like experienced once you know it's meant to be like a, a book that you reread you know and you listen it again it becomes like part of your immediate person you know like that like that's like the kind of music that I want to create and I think I think pop music has always done a really good job with that yeah like the always like I'm not always listening to Britney but like yeah. when I do remember like I like get into like a deep hole of just like listening to like yeah. all of her records like over and over again oh sure yeah <laughs> um but since you've been into music since you like were a young age and you went to Berkeley right yeah that's like, a music school like music sure. heavy do you think that it helped you in any way because like sometimes people they go to music school like it's for them and that really helps them develop and um, experience like what they want like what they need but some people it's not the right track it's limiting in a way of course yeah I mean there's like so many different I I think I think um, uh, like I guess like colleges I don't know if college is still like higher education but anything like higher education in general I think for people the way the way we um, push kids into it is isn't right these days. I don't think I really don't believe everybody's meant to go to like a four year college. Um, f- for me, going to school it helped though because I it, was, it allowed me to accelerate through a lot of um, like periods of learning like really specific things and like songwriting or guitar or like playing in a band or things like that. It just gives you this little protected space for. four years is like a long time a pretty long time to just do everything so you get to the conclusion or you get to like your sound or your um, your kind of keystone like a little bit faster and I don't know if I had like 17, 18 I'm not sure I would have had the attention span to really sit down and like discipline myself and like learn these things without like some sort of like investment like oh man like having a direction yeah totally totally so I, I appreciate it um, sometimes I'm like, oh man, if I just, you know, like kept writing songs and like, I wonder where I'd be. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm always grateful for, especially if you if if you're able to, like my favorite thing is to, just to do is like sitting down and like before you came here, I was just like I had some free time and I just like sat with my guitar. Like that's such a privilege and to be able to do that for a while is like, even even on that level, I'd, I'm grateful for it. Like. Good, good memories from it, you know? Yeah, I know. I think also college for me, it's like, I don't know, it gives you like extended like waiting time to kind of figure out what you want to do. And like yeah. not everybody's afforded that. And yeah, it kind of, yeah, college is a privilege. Like totally. I had four years to like sit down and try and figure out what I wanted to do. I mean, yeah. I was a psychology major. I'm not doing that anymore. Right, right, but right. like gave me the time to be like, oh, this is what I want to do and figure out like other things. And I think Berkeley, since it is a music school, I mean, like you're basically just going to school for that so sure. I helped sure. I'm sure, sure I helped you out a lot yeah totally 
And just like seeing people, see you know, being being able to catch you know pe- like big periods of growth like in your late teens and early twenties, I think is important. You know, like circles that you kind of run with and they change as you as you get further along in your career there. But yeah, like that too. Like just being around. Like if you have an interest, being able to like put that out and meet like five kids with a bunch of free time who are like doing that and like be with them and grow with them for a while like something I've noticed about like being out of school or touring or um anything like that it's like your pod is your pod and you kind of move together and it's so atomized and it's much like you, you have to put in much like so much more work to find like minds around you you know as like a as like an adult I guess you know Mm-hmm. Not that like students aren't adults, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like college. You're not like an adult. Adult. I mean, like you have responsibilities, but I feel yeah. like now that I have a job in the real world, it's ten times different than like when I was in college. Totally. But yeah, um, so like being around that scene, any other bands that like were formed in Berkeley, like ever influenced you? Want to inspire you to keep on writing? Like, oh, I want to be like them, or I like what they're doing here and things like totally. that. Totally, totally, yeah, all the time, like all the time. The the, the most um, the the most I've learned is by going to. They used to have these shows in the cafeteria, and kids would just you could book them whenever. And sometimes they were great, and sometimes they were kind of weird, but um, they're usually really great. And I don't know if there are any any bands that necessarily inspired me, but some of the playing at these shows, like you'd see these kids in the practice room for like hours you know the day before or like never and then you'd see them there absolutely shredding and it was like it's really inspiring to be like oh my god I can learn a lot like this week like, mm-hmm. you know and I think um, I think that's like that worked in that put through the lens of like the kind of songwriting I, I want to be doing is like was like the best thing for me personally yeah and then when you were in Berkeley is that when Bay Faction formed, or like when was that? It actually formed, it's from the summer before. The summer before you went to Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we were, um, we, uh, I forget what we were doing. We were all go, like, gonna go to Berkeley, and like we were all connected tangentially through like people in Massachusetts. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then it all worked out, but yeah, it started that summer before and kind of carried on throughout. Um, which is also a great thing too because like that was my first band and that was again I had like a a little protected bubble to learn how to do that full time you know I had like an internship the whole time because that's like I was either like playing shows with them or I was like in school you know that was kind of my life for a while so that was huge yeah sorry how has being a part of that project like help influence you now that you have your own solo work that you're working on um I think I think like learning how to how to write songs with two other people all the time was the biggest one. Second, being able to you know, cuz and- Andrew was a part of it too and you know, so that's like three other people besides myself that you have to stay aligned with for such a long time. So I really learned how to manage long-term tight quarter relationships. And I think that was a that was a a huge blessing like you know you're gonna be like we shared hotel rooms for years 
and like we were on the road for years and like you know minivans or like pickup trucks or like mm-hmm. sitting on people's floors and stuff you know so we really had to learn how to coexist for you know sustainably you know for a long period of time yeah so it was good I, I learned a lot I feel, I feel like that I learned more doing uh, I learned more about people and um, actually playing out in music and like the business of you know kind of like you know, extending your your music to people who might want to hear it and people who might already know it and kind of balancing how can we you know get out the most and do the most as a band but also like survive and that at what point is is the line gonna kind of blur and we can do it full time you know for on like on lower means you know all the all of those things like and like balancing lifestyle and like we were we all had relationships you know i i learned a lot like from that i feel like it was a great um first project i love on doing it yeah and then that ended kind of like in the midst of the pandemic and when you had all of that like alone time to kind of like write is that like where you did most of the writing for the cp that's coming out or yeah that was the yeah right in um in march 2019 2020 2020 it's been so long oh my god yeah um yeah march 2020 like that's kind of when we stopped we were supposed to go out for a pretty long tour with this band out of california we're going to be opening for them yeah, honey. Yeah, I was, honey. I was gonna see you on that tour. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but right I, canceled. I love honey. <laughs> okay, yeah, same. Um, did they play? Did they play the hall recently, like this fall? They I was did. at that show. Yeah, they did play the hall. It was a good show. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, but yeah, and then like a couple of those dates started like falling out. We're like, oh, it's gonna be fine. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we might. And then they all pulled out, and we were just kind of like, well. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Time. When that was happening, I still bought my ticket. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, it'll you. be fine. I was a senior. I was, like, living in my little, little senior club. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to go back to college. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go to the show, so I bought a ticket. I mean, Thank I got you. refunded. Uh, yeah, that's my next question. I hope you got refunded. Did yeah. you graduate over the pandemic? Yeah. Sad, horrific time. Because no. <laughs> you make it so far, you know? Yeah. Like, and it was... You know, like, when you're a senior, like, I'm saving, like, all of this time to do all these things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, I had my last couple... I didn't do any of those things. I waited too long, and then I couldn't do that. <sighs> no. <laughs> yeah. No. So, oh it was a great gosh. time to graduate. Class of 2020. It's like, seriously, that's going to yeah. go down in history. I didn't even take any senior pictures. Like, I have no graduation really? photos now. Wow. Road graduation. <laughs> do they, like... Did you do it on Zoom? Like, you just kind of... Yeah, funny, like, the funny thing is, is, like, they said that we were going to have a graduation, and then, like, three days before, they canceled it. So it's, like, people had already bought their flights and all this other stuff. They canceled it. And I went to UM, so, like, big football school. Mm -hmm. But they still had a football game, like, two days later. They were like, we won't host your graduation, but we will still have football. We have 4,000 people in the stadium, though. No, yeah. And so yeah, then like we did it online and then there was a graduation in November, but by then I already had a job in the life. And so yeah. it's like I can't go back. I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. That's a quick turnaround though. Good job. Honestly. It's hard. I feel like I couldn't imagine if I were to because like the only thing I had to do after college was tour. And if I graduated when you did and I couldn't do anything, I would I, I don't know what I'd be doing. Yeah, just sitting in South Carolina doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So you've been making music since 2012. So that's yeah. like 10 years. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that's a long time. Like, yeah. uh, there's this book that I took a class. It's like the outliers, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's like doing 10 years of anything like, oh, at yeah. that time. Yeah. Like you're a professional or something like that. Mm-hmm. How did, like, do you feel like a professional? Or do you feel like you're still learning and growing? I, I personally love that. I love the 10,000 hour rule because it, it's so funny because it's like you can spend 10,000 hours doing the wrong thing or like wrong thing for you maybe um, and you like still gained a certain amount of like mastery but it's just not right it's it's not applicable to anything or it's um, it doesn't align with like what you want to be doing as an artist or a person so I feel like I've um, I've spent a lot of time um, reinforcing and writing on like bad habits and then at cert- I don't think I'm there, there yet I don't think I have 10,000 hours of like my best songwriting mm-hmm. um, but I've been doing it a lot absolutely um, I think in that time like when I first started writing it was really kind of random and I mean I was a teenager mm-hmm. and I didn't really know anything about it and so it's hard to be it's hard like it's hard to count all of it, you know, because I almost forget, like, you forget sometimes. Because even before that, I was, like, playing music. Um, but I think, I think maybe in, like, my 40s. I feel like I need more time. More time. <laughs> I think, yeah, I have this, I have this vision of myself in my 40s that'll, that'll have it, you know, figured out and absolutely nailed. And, like, I, I, I do sessions with um, a bunch of people, but some I'm lucky enough to have, like, older writers in the room. And they always, I mean, not always, like, let's say six, at least 60% of the time, like, have an answer that's, like, mm-hmm. so much better than mine. And, like, I want to be there. So yeah, bad. you want to get that level. Yeah, but it just takes time. Yeah. So, one day. So, this, this EP, you've been releasing it on SoundCloud. Yeah. Like, what inspired you to do that instead of, like, you know, like, the general release route, like, Spotify, Bandcamp? Um... um Honestly, a lot of things, I, I, I think each um, streaming platform has such a personality to it, and it has so many valuable characteristics that can really help people if you align to them correctly, and uh, something about SoundCloud, I just like it. I like, I like how barren it gets, I like how, I like the pockets of interaction that it has, and like the way people interact on there is so funny to me, like my favorite thing is like listening to a song I like on SoundCloud, because, and this might be kind of bad, although SoundCloud does pay, at least in my experience, pay more for stream than like most platforms, but um, I do listen to a lot of music on SoundCloud, and like seeing people's comments pop up, and like the things that people say at a certain point in the song, as a songwriter, is like so is like the like, like you get to look at people's thoughts while they like listen to music and no other platform has that feature so I've always been drawn in like literally for the comment section mm-hmm. um and I think the culture of it's pretty cool too like just the ways that you can like you like like um like UI stuff you know like you can see so many playlists that they've made and the music that they've made like in the same kind of column on the front page of it. It's just, like, more fun. Um, and I also started, like, when I first started this SoundCloud that I'm currently using now, because I've had 
many like it's mm-hmm. like burner accounts like I, that I don't have the passwords to anymore that I don't know mm-hmm. um, really where they are when I name them or anything but this one that I started um, I wanted to, to start from scratch entirely and just see if the, the music I was making had enough merit to to draw attention of people who have no idea who I am who d- didn't listen to my last band who you know have nothing to do with me so um I thought SoundCloud too for that was sort of the most like public looking platform. Like Bandcamp has a really specific kind of like DIY turn that takes, you know, maybe a person kind of adjacent or in that scene to recognize and to like value, but SoundCloud feels really public. Um, and so I just made a bunch of QR codes um, with a puppy on it <laughs> and like blue and yellow really bright and I put them up everywhere in Boston because I was living in Boston at the time and I, and one by like literally like two plays a week I would see people like I saw this in Union Square mm-hmm. like interesting or like why are you posting these around like what is this you know people just kind of like having these like small experiences with the music and that kind of got me really into just uploading on SoundCloud more like just seeing who's it it felt like fishing almost like it was kind of like it was kind of bizarre you know and that's a that's another thing too is that like presenting somebody a song on soundcloud versus spotify or apple music or something like that feels a lot more personal it's like i made this thing in my room and like you're one of the first people to see it Mm -hmm. you know and and that's always that's always exciting for me when i find new music is like i'm one of like the first people to see this this is great like that sort of like pretension that, that we all hang on to you know mm-hmm. and I think SoundCloud does a good job of keeping it a little bit um, precious and kind of quiet you know and I think in that space like versus like a Spotify playlist or something it's it's a way different like user experience you know SoundCloud is like kind of kind of cute <laughs> um, did you like enjoy the experience of kind of like being able to start over kind of yeah. like instead of like having your name be tied to like past stuff that you've done totally yeah it felt great felt really good you know because um, you know like when you're when you're pursuing those things it takes so long especially if you're not making like real pop music it takes so long to sort of find your um, find your groove you know or or your trench sometimes and I think I think that being able to sort of not think about like the name of my band as I'm writing a song and the people that I'm writing with and like the, the people that are going to come up to see us and the tours and the merch and like all these other things that you have to do once your band is going, I really enjoyed just sitting down and being able to kind of vacuum my, my bedroom or I was technically in a barn for most of the writing for this EP, pretty much all of it. Um, just kind of shut the, the door and and just be in there for I mean I was in there for days sometimes you know I would I would go to bed at like four in the morning and come back out at like noon and just stay there all day um, and that was great that was that's like a that's a really powerful memory for me now like that I got that like little piece of I, I, I could like I'm like oh okay like I can go and like hustle now and be out and about and like doing things because I, I, I was able to get that time you mm-hmm. know so it felt, it felt really good. It was really, like, restorative. And so it comes out on all streaming platforms 
the 27th yes yeah yeah the so. first song yeah it's really two weeks away the mm-hmm. um it's called trad future um it's not a part of check yes to connect check yes to connect is the ep that'll follow it um but trad future is one of my favorite songs um i wrote it out in san diego with my fr- um partially with my friend jake who is also starting a project called Nuffer. Check it out. It's going to be great. Hi, Jake. Um, and it, I uploaded it on SoundCloud, and that was one of the songs that I tied to the QR codes for like a very long time. It was like a big kind of like, I love this thing. Like, can I, like, who else out here? Like, is there anybody out here that will connect with this? Um, so, yeah, it's finally going, going up on Spotify. And that's kind of... What, I, what I'd like to do as well is like maybe move some of the songs from SoundCloud onto Spotify, give them another chance on a different platform and kind of let the people like tell me what they want to hear, you know? And I think that's like a really important thing too is like being tapped in as an artist and like looking at, like not just being like, okay, well my only job is to create music for people. You also have to be like looking at like what they love, you know? Um, and like focused on like I don't know kind of like building that relationship further um, if they like literally if they listen to a song or like put that one on Spotify like make it easy you know mm-hmm. um, yeah so that's the first one and there will be more off the SoundCloud that probably make it at some point um, but yeah April 27th track feature yeah it's gonna be sick um, you were talking about how like kind of like doing things like with fans and like kind of like doing like kind of like making it like a cohesive process like also doing what they want sure um but how does that like how do you like do like that tug of war kind of like when your like ideas shift and you want to like go down a different route kind of sure yeah how do you which has happened before (laughs) yeah totally how do you like how do you like deal with that (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea. I think it. I think it's. I think the only solution is to be more aware as an artist and be like, okay, well, if if you want to shift, like, how can you do it in a way that you feel great about? But also, like, when looking back at the project as a whole, it was like totally natural and necessary, almost. You know, like within the conversation of, of that, that you have, that you've created with the people who listen to you, like, how did you, like, bring this up to them, you know? Because that's really what it is. It's not just, like, oh, like, I'm going to, you know, bang out this new sound and do an album or whatever. It's, I think it would feel better if it was, like, hey, everybody, can you, like, would you listen to this? Like, would you hear this, you know? And, again, just repeat that process of, like, letting them choose the things for, like, whatever it is that you bring to them next, you know? Um... And I think at a smaller level, like, that's why I want to do that now, because it's so, like, it's so easy to be, to communicate with, like, if, like, a few hundred people are listening to you, it's really easy to communicate with them at this point in time, which is why I think it's, like, I'm so excited when anybody is, like, beginning to release a project, because there's so much, like, fun to be had there, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it is brand new, and it is, like, really close contact, like, um, I, like, check my... Um, SoundCloud DMs to see if people like have found my old music you know because they'll send it and like I've uploaded or reposted a couple of the tracks that I've seen floating around you know like just making it a place that like 
if somebody enjoys you like making it so that they can like spend some time there and it's not so like single oriented and like here's the single this month that you're gonna listen to you know and it came out of left field and you had no say in what it was gonna be you know even though you love this one so much more this one deserves to be the single but it's not Mm -hmm. kind of thing how does that compare with like touring and like people seeing it live and then like also having like things to say like how like which do you like prefer like touring live and like seeing people's reactions to the live music Mm -hmm. or like recording and like getting people's reactions from like releasing like singles and EPs and things um I think they're both great I personally I have an introvert like really deep in me somewhere that likes to like sit on the computer and like post things and Mm -hmm. see what people have to say you know like um, I like that too because people are so much more um, forthcoming on the internet and like even within the sort of sometimes like codified um, language that people use when they want to interact with their artists like you can kind of tell what the vibe is I feel like playing live and meeting somebody who listens to you um, we all kind of fall victim to like first introductions you know and stuff like that so I feel like you get more like in my past project I like there I've like people have come to shows who, who I would see online all the time like posting stuff you know and they're like so different in person mm-hmm. like you said like crazy shit <laughs> uh, and they're like you know like obviously like me just like a normal person and I I think it's I think there's more I think the relationship between an artist and the p- people who listen to them can go deeper online than it can at a show. For like a lot of reasons. I love playing shows. I can't wait to play shows. I haven't played a show in so long. It's like absurd. So, yeah. single coming out in two weeks. Yes. Check Yes to Connect. Check Yes to Connect is coming out sometime after that. I think I actually just picked up my phone so I can look. Andrew was kind enough to put all this in a, in a note. Um, yeah, check, check Yes to Connect is coming out after that. And it's going to be... It's like released by song just to kind of see what's up. I don't know why. I don't know if there's like a reason for doing singles like that, but um, the official date for the EP release is June, sometime late June. It's I'm looking at a range here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometime sometime end of June the the whole EP should be out. Um, but the first single for it um, is gonna drop on. I think May 23rd, so May, June, tentatively May, June, this thing's going to be out, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. That's like another thing, too, is like, um, we sort of expanded the people who are involved with this, so it's like, we're, we're for the first time, like, I'm, you kind of have to balance everything out with like the people that are like contributing to the project, because they have to be there for it. Instead of like, I used to like live with my band, you know, and we just kind of put things out as they happened, and it was like way more streamlined. So I'm learning, I'm learning the calendar on my phone really well, mm-hmm. and like just keeping stuff straight. And yeah, but end of June. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so I think now we can like get into like the playlist that. Sure. That, sure. Um, you made um, so yeah. So for your playlist, you wanted the thing to be like the only playlist you could listen to for the rest of your life like actually listen to for the yes so like the whole the whole um 
I think the, the, the central theme of this playlist is like fractalized music, you know, and it's these songs and this isn't a thing that exists, but it's like, in my opinion, songs that people, and it depends on your personality and like what you like, obviously, but there's some songs people can listen to and like hear something different every single time they listen to it. Um, because that, and, and I don't actually know why that is, but I, but I think it's mostly songs that were like recorded with a fair amount of energy and life in the room, and they're just forever captured in that recording, you know. And like all, of, I'm looking at it right now. Like all of these songs are things that just have like life energy, you know. And that like that's like pretty much the only reason I say I could listen to them forever and ever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of techno on here I'm seeing. Um, that kind of goes back to my love for like functional music. You know, I think obviously like dance music, like high BPM, kind of like big room, bigger room music is like so great because it's such like a key. It's like it's like meant to be some purified like resource to like change the way that you're thinking currently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so fun. So there's a there's a ton of techno in here. Um, there's a lot of really good singer-songwriter stuff. There's this artist, Rue. Um, that song, Delete Me, is specifically a, a huge one for me. It's just, like, such a, like, kaleidoscope, collage thing, and I can listen to that every single day, because it's, it's dense. It's, like, these are all, like, very, like, dense songs, you know, at least to me. So. Yeah, I think... When like I'm making playlists, especially like when like the topic that you picked, it's hard for me to like yeah. think about like what if I had to pick songs that like collectively I can like listen to forever. Mm-hmm. I get into thinking like, well, what's my favorite artist? Right. But like I have so many artists that I like. I, yeah. I I'm like very bad at making decisions. So I'm like never sure. affirmative about like one specific thing. Sure. I'm, like, yes, I like this, but I also like this and. I'm indecisive, so it's kind of like cool to see. Yeah, like, you're like very definitive about your taste and like what you like. Oh, of course, yeah, and I'm sure like it'll change at some point too. Yeah, I'm sure you know, but I get that, especially with music too. It's so like slippery, and it's so it's like whatever you're listening to obviously like follows where you are, and I get you. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Like, am I, when I'm like 50, and it's like my. I've listened to these things like 10,000 times, you know. Yeah, and I feel like I've gone through so many stages of, like, different genres and things that I mm-hmm. found interesting. Like, if you talk to me at, like, 16, like, definitely I don't have, like, the same music taste yeah, yeah. anymore. And I don't know. I'm never one to, like, look back on, like, music that I've listened to that I, like, liked when I was young. And sure. then, like, yeah, why did I listen to that? Because, like, it had its purpose for, like, totally. that time in my life. So it's, like, totally. I'm never really embarrassed to be, like, oh, yeah, I did listen to that. Yeah, when you were a child, like, come on. I know. I think we should be easier on ourselves for, like, the sake of the artist and the sake of the, of the listener, mm-hmm. you know? Because the artist was there, too. Yeah. Like, they, were, they made the song, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I look at some of the, the bands I would listen to as a kid, and I'm just so amazed, like that I found them, you know, like, what part of my brain at, like, 14, like, like, or my person, like, resonated with this? Like, this exactly. There's, like, a lot of, like, very 
heavy music that I was listening to, and I'm like, okay. what were you going through when you weren't going through anything at, like, 14 to 16? <laughs> like, you had no problems. And uh, it, it is a fun way to learn about emotion. Like, I remember getting into, like, heavier music as well, and being like, whoa, this guy, it's like an old man, sounds like so angry. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on? Like, I've never heard a, a, t- a type of, like, expression like this, you know? Um, so I think it's fun to, like, experience those things, as long as they don't stick, you know? Because I always, I, I come across this, like, really, I think it's, like, a pseudo-stat, but, like, a lot of people stop, like, or a lot of people's, like, curiosity in cultivating a music taste generally tends to taper off in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people kind of, like, that's why, like, rock stations play the same music, like, Mm-hmm. for like a very specific age group forever and it just really kind of freaks me out that a lot of these artists because I'm not 30 yet like what if my cap at 30 comes and then I still have all of these people in here from when I was like 12 or 13 that I'm just stuck with mm-hmm. forever and I think in a, in a way that's actually true and I think like maybe when I'm a little bit older and I'm able to accept you know, like, the, the Aaron Carter stages and things like that, I'll actually be able to enjoy that music a little more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the theme of this playlist, I guess, like, every every song we hear that is a song that you're going to hear forever because now it's just in your conscious, mm-hmm. consciousness, you know? Yeah, and I think... Um, with Spotify, I feel like it also has, like, hindered... I don't know if I want to use that word, but, like, hindered my, like, need to, like, want to make playlists mm. anymore. And that's kind of, like, why I wanted to start doing this, because I'm, like, I haven't been as, like, searching for new music as I need to be. But, like, now that's part of my job. But, sure. like, before that, like, I wasn't really doing that, because, like, Spotify makes playlists for you. And they're, like, right. you like this, so you could probably like this. And I usually do. So then I'm, like, right. I don't need to find new music. But now I think since... It's part of my job now. I've like mm-hmm. found a new love of it for it sure. again, and it's like fun to discover new artists that you're like, yes. Oh, of course. I mean, and then like also like it's fun to be like, oh, I discovered them and they had this this so and so listeners, you know, yeah. like I was an OG fan, blah blah blah. Of course. I mean, it's always fun. Like we can lie and say like, oh, I don't care, but like most people do. Like people love being there from the beginning, and it's fun to like discover new music, especially like with younger artists to yeah. see like there's still like that hard and drive in of creating music of course yeah um and like a, something andrew says all the time it's like music is like new music is usually always for young people you know like people who that's his alarm <laughs> 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 um yeah and it really is and it's like so exciting i wish sometimes that i had a job that i was able to just like find the 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 origin of like all of these things happening especially in a place like New York because there are so many and I feel like the self-promotional aspect is different here than it is a lot of places like people try to have a little more dignity about it so they're like that makes them maybe harder to find sometimes but like when you when you kind of like uncrack a lid on on a really great teeny tiny project or scene it's like mm-hmm. it's so fun you know, and to be able to like show them to other people who are in your city who could like go see them play that day mm-hmm. or night or whatever. It's cool. Yeah, but you brought up a really good point about like self promotion. Like how do you feel about it? I feel like 
at this point like anything that you do is kind of like you have to like self-promote yourself but like at the same time it always feels like in my opinion to me yeah. cringe to do like I'm like I like I want to post my photos but like I also like I'm aware of like what other people are thinking all the right. time oh, of course. so I feel like sometimes musicians don't like to do self-promotion and I think I've experienced that like doing like being in New York like not a lot of them like to yeah. Like I'm playing this, and like, don't you want people to come? Don't right. you want people to experience it? Like, how do you feel about promoting yourself and kind of like commoditizing yourself? Sure. Like, I think it. I think um. I think it's hard uh, to sail at once, only because um, I think like the people who do the best job it's like it's just like communicating that you're like available for some for like to like let somebody experience something you know and I think I think when you start looking at it as like promotion there are a lot of extra add-on things that we've sort of accumulated from like an ad culture that like give us the wrong idea as artists about like what we need to be doing right where it's like okay like there's no way you could completely can completely saturate like the mind of, of like a market somewhere in music in a certain city as an indie artist like you just don't have the resources to do it but that's what like a lot of brands aim to do we're like really well funded and have like you know entire marketing campaigns lasting years and things like that so I think it's like to bring up like the conversation again like you need to have some sort of like commu- like quick communication with even like a few people that listen to you even if it's like 15 people that know about you playing a show as long as you can communicate to them and are able to put blinders on in a way that you're not doing like big blasts of like, hey, I'm out here doing this, because that always feels bad. You know, like yeah. putting that much of yourself out under the internet and in, in hopes for a return on something, um, like a show or an event or something that only happens one place in time, like that feels bad. And I think it's, I personally think promoting yourself like that um, can be really destructive to your like ego as a as a creative person which is like really important I think to creative people like managing and cultivating a, a, a healthy ego you know so I think I think being able to to speak quietly to those who need to know is like always better than you know um, like outward loud self-promotion um, Kind of but like there's I've seen this a bunch happening in New York where like people will give out flash drives at shows um, for new music and you know you can pass them around if anybody still has like a USB drive on their computer and like just like smaller quieter things like that so it's like getting it to the person who like desperately wants to hear what you're going to do next is always going to be way more fun and rewarding than like trying to convert somebody or like sell somebody on your music. Um, and I think that goes really far down in projects. It's like some people write songs to convert like listeners, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the set of pop music that I've been really weary of lately. Is like, you know, writing writing like very specific, uh, like line cliches and like kind of like melodies floating around that are used by everybody. And it's like, oh well, like you, the only reason that you would use this like mi re do thing is to like tell somebody that you're not threatening you know and that your song is cute and they should keep listening because it might happen again like that sort of like 
um, fishing for a get is, is like really tough. Um, I think that like happens a lot with TikTok sounds, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I don't know if you have a TikTok or what, but I, I think am some, on TikTok, yeah. I think some, especially like bigger artists, have like snippets of like 15 seconds that yeah. are like really good and like they gas it. Yeah. And like people are excited for the release and then when they release a song, it's only that 15 seconds That's that you're gonna get, yeah. That is really like catching. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. I ran into that last night. I won't say the artist, obviously, but like, thought it was gonna be like a perspective changing song, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, just the hook was so, um, it was like funny, it was really intense, it was really clear. Um, yeah, and the rest of the song was like a bridge, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that style of writing is like something that's trickled in from. I see, like, the closest parallel being, um, like, blockbuster movies, you know, like, you watch the trailer and you've watched, like, not only the movie, but, like, potentially, like, five others in that genre, Mm -hmm. and, um, it's just, in my opinion, it's, like, it, it's something that runs the risk of, like, turning people away from your music and, like, TikTok music in general, because it's, like, okay, not, not only was it, did the song not really live up to that 30 seconds, um, but also, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna explore. I'm not gonna type in your song on Spotify anymore to find you because it's just I'm gonna listen to the, to these playlists that I know I love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's tough, and like there's always room to innovate within spaces like that. Like, hopefully, we'll have a bunch of artists who can, you know, withstand that thirty seconds and like the the other two and a half minutes of the song and like have great music come out. But it's just work, and I think that's like that's going to take time for people to realize that like I would, it, it's way more rewarding and like honest um, and entertaining to have like a great two minutes than like a wishy-washy two and a half minutes and a bang in 30 seconds you know mm-hmm. it's just like I think enough people have to sort of get sick of it for it to change but it's what we're stuck with for a while cool um, I don't really have anything else to go over but do you want to leave any like like departing words or like where people can find you sure um well first thank you for coming over (laughs) yeah and doing this thank you for doing this you're my very first guest that's (laughs) an honor um and yeah uh trad feature out april 27th everywhere and shortly after check yes to connect cool that's it that's my all right all right Give it up if you don't expect it back Both ways don't ask Just look me in the flesh where you found me in the grass Catch a look, let it pass on the sheets cause All right, you've reached the end of my very first episode. It was a pleasure having James on as my first guest. As you can hear in the episode, it is well past April 27th, and Tried Future is out now. And so it's playing at the beginning and end of the episode. But James does have a new single coming out on June 8th, and it's called About Us. Check Yes to Connect is also coming out June 22nd. So you will have a lot of things to stream from James in the coming weeks. I will have links to all of that in the description. 
below i just want to say thank you all for listening listening i also want to give a special shout out to andrew for helping organize all of this i want to say a special thank you to my sister for helping design the logo and all of the artwork that i've been using and a very very special shout out to my friend Aaliyah because she has literally helped me every step of the way in producing this um this has been a long time coming and literally would not exist without her so i want to say thank you to her as well that is the end guys and until next time thanks for listening